Hey, toy family. Welcome to the Marsham Toy Hour, where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Ham. I'm Teresa Hawkins. I'm George Gaspar. And this almost didn't happen this week. <laughs> but we're here. It's happening. It's getting harder. <laughs> <laughs> we can't say it's getting harder. We did two weeks back to back and... We're already falling apart. No, 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 no. It's because we. It's because I think it's because we switched to weekend records, and this, you know, life happens. We're all busy. It's just, it's a little more difficult trying to get together on weekends. But I think it's better for our work week schedules to do it on weekends. So we're making it work. We're back. back. We're doing enough. So yesterday was Saturday. We're recording on a Sunday, and yesterday seemed to be like. Pop Shop Saturday, a bunch of events were going on. Did you guys watch any of them? Teresa, you hadn't seen any up to date. Did you get to check any of those out? Yeah, I, I finally delved in. So they, I guess they were calling it Collectibles Day, I think. And yeah, Pop Shop Saturday's better. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. I don't know. I, I still don't know a whole lot about Pop Shop and like if there's a daily cadence or a week thing or a theme or what but um i realized a whole bunch of uh people well not a whole bunch but there was a decent amount of people from the scene joining in and i thought all right let's let's give this a go finally so what's your book give us your book report so who was it i actually had so i'll tell you this thing was so complicated no joke i had to make myself a cheat sheet (laughs) (laughs) like in the notes on my app i was like i was like what what is all this because so it was my plastic heart Scott Tollison, 3D Retro. Those are the ones that I was able to pop in and and watch. And then I know Japan LA and Giant Robot also did stuff, but I missed theirs. Holy heck, I don't even know where to start because it's a thing. (laughs) And if you can't figure out Little Miss Tech Savvy, how is everybody else going to? Like old man Grandpa Ham here. Grandpa Uh, Ham's not supposed to figure it out. This is for the kids. (laughs) It, uh, okay so a lot of it was like upfront coordination and i know i wasn't the only one because you promoted it in our facebook group and then i was checking in the thread and people were like how does this work what do i do and so i was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna dig in i'm gonna figure this out and it reminded me so much of waffles which web raffles I don't, for anyone who is newer there was this whole thing of this new thing coming up on facebook of people doing waffles or web raffles for toys where you enter for a chance to buy some to win something or whatever and i remember that whole like what is this how does this work i don't understand this whole process and i feel like i'm going through that again but with this pop shop live thing um i'm lucky because i i recently switched from android to iphone which i don't know how i feel about that still but uh because of that i have access to the app and so I guess when they released this Pop Shop Live thing, they did it as iOS only, but they have been working to expand. They're still working on an Android app, but they have opened up web access. So you have two different ways to watch. You can watch it from your phone if you have an Apple device, or you can go online. You can watch it from an Android phone or a PC or whatever. I actually checked out both because I was curious what the difference was. And it's decent. Like, it's a pretty comparable experience. But you all, when it comes to the shopping aspect, holy whoa. It was 
I don't even know. So anyway, so to get access, right? You gotta, uh, you what does that even mean? <laughs> well, hold on. I'm gonna paint I'm a picture. Step, step back for a sec. Okay. So to get started, you do the app or the web link, but you have to sign up for an account. And then once you sign up, in order to find, like, to get into the app, you have to have a code, an access code. And the access code is different depending upon the streamer. So my wait, plastic. Wait, wait, wait. I I watched my plastic heart without a code. Really? Yeah. It had me plug in a code. Okay. How did I, you find? How did you find them? Don't you find them with the code? Yeah. So it's. I weird. never typed in the code. I went right to the app. I clicked on it, and the bottom of the app was like a bunch of pop up shops that were currently live. I clicked on my plastic heart and watched it. And oh, I guess if you can find them, maybe you don't need it. Oh, maybe. See, this is what's so weird. The code. The code is like twofold. The code is the access code to find them, as well as a free shipping code for, I guess, the first set of buyers. I honestly, I feel, I feel like this is going to be confusing as crap to even explain. <laughs> but the Great for podcasting. It's just it, let's just say this: there's access codes and web links and app links and sign ups, and I was just like, holy heck! And I real, I was like, all right, you got to prep this ish, because the other thing you got to prep is if you want to buy something during these streams, you don't have time to think and fiddle. You don't have time to be like, maybe I want this thing. Let me take a look. Let's plug in my info. Let's see the total. Hell to the no. You literally, it is worse than the F5s on a web drop. I mean, literally, you have to sit and have this window open, ready for it to pop, and you literally have to do Click the item, click buy and confirm as fast as you freaking can, because otherwise you're going to miss it. It is insane. Fun. No, not fun, Gary. <laughs> it sounds stressful. I watch it for a little bit, and it's, it just kind of gives me anxiety a little bit. I was extreme anxiety. It, well, I was I mean, it also depends on how many they have in stock. If it's something that there's, is limited, then yeah, you got to do that, but... If they're bringing in a few pieces where it's like a run of something, you you should be fine. Yeah, I was yeah. I was and watching that, the I My think... Plastic Heart one, and I don't think Vin was putting up like the entire store inventory. He was putting up maybe a few, you know, sell out in a jiffy, and then people would ask later, you know, could he add more, and he would add more. But I imagine doing it that way, it's probably hard for him as a store owner to keep track of the inventory while this is live streaming. That sounds like a lot to juggle. I I. I just... So, you know, you're sitting on these streams, I'm watching, and it's so, you have no idea what they're going to show, right? So, I, I literally was going to do what you did, Gary. I was like, I'm going to pop on, I'll check it out for a bit, hang out for like 10 minutes and peace out. <laughs> Gary! It's six hours I, later. <laughs> I was on my phone for three hours straight, and, to, and then my phone died. Literally, I had to stop because my phone ran out of battery. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting on there and i'm watching and i'm like all right like there my plastic car was walking through the shelf i'm like all right get to the good stuff get to the good stuff i'm like i don't know what you're gonna do i don't know what you're gonna show and he transitioned from like some st stuff on the shelf to doing blind so what he was doing is he'd unbox a toy say okay this is the one i pulled and he lists that one for sale and so instead of having to plan the play the blind box game you could potentially get a specific pull you wanted. And so he gets to a series, the Rattle Kim Box Cat series. And I'm like, there's a few in here that I'd, I'd love to have. 
And throughout the whole time, there was never anything like one at one point I was like, I'm just going to try to see what happens when I try to buy. And that's when I realized, oh, my God, one, you got to move fast. But I realized some of my settings were off. For some reason, it was defaulting to Apple Pay, even though I had put payment information into the app. So I switched all that around. I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. All my info is pre-populated. All I got to do is wait for him to lift the item, click it. You click buy and you click confirm. I thought easy enough, right? Three easy clicks. Um, and you can even, there's like a little catalog button. So you can see the full catalog and it's better to watch that for the items to pop in there. Right. So I'm just sitting watching what he's unboxing. Got my little catalog open, just waiting, waiting for one, but holy heck, literally I'm sitting there and the first one pops up. I'm like, Oh, I really want that one. So I'm waiting for it. And I'm sitting here like, both my fingers hovering over the spots where I need to click. And I swear to God, I swear I clicked that shit as fast as I freaking could. And I'm like, click, 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 click. And then I just get a loading icon. I'm like, what does that mean? And then at what I realize is anytime you hit that loading icon, you essentially missed out. Someone beat you to it. And then my heart kept like, my sweat was increasing. My heart was increasing. I was like, oh my God. And I kept trying and trying and trying. And I was like, you've got to be shitting me. How fast do I have to be? It was impossible. But at the end, I did finally, I was somehow fast enough to get one. And I'll tell you all, I was literally like, I don't know if you can hear this, like smacking the crap out of my phone. <laughs> but I was sitting here and I'm like, oh my God, like this is the QVC of toys, impulse buying at its finest. I'm like, you don't have any time to think. It's like, do you want this toy? I'm about to post it. Here you go. And it's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you buy? And- Somehow I got one of the the Radicam box cat toys. I got okay. the cola, the cola one. But I don't even know. Like the whole time I'm sitting here going, why am I subjecting myself to this? But yeah, I couldn't leave because <laughs> <laughs> it was like was watching like, a train wreck, right? Like, and I'm sorry, no no fault of them for the train wreck. But I'm sitting there trying to learn the interface. Like, what are the lightning bolts about? Wires are only three people communicating on the chat. Like oh that chat was moving so fast. Like Vin, there's no way a store owner can keep up on top of the chats, missing tons of questions. There was one guy in there. Like it seems like most people in there didn't really know what designer toys was because one guy was asking what the monsters on the on the bottom shelf was, and I'm thinking they're just thimble stump hollows. How does someone watching a my plastic heart? feed not know what a thimble stump hollow is like and that's the thing is i enjoyed it because it was just seemed so chaotic it was kind of fun it was it was chaos and you're right about the chat it was very clear that some people that were in there were i guess pop shop live pros because they're like what's the code i'm like what what do you need a code for we're in here at this point and I realized i guess there's for each show there's usually a free shipping code for the cert- first set of people who can get in and buy but it was just all these people like i want to buy that thing i see i want to buy this thing i see and like the chat was going nuts and vin was like what do you all want hit me with some bolts you see lightning bolts all over the screen i'm just like ah what is this what are we doing i tell you vin is a chill dude because i would have been stressed if i was him on the other side but he was dealing with camera issues kind of just just kind of rolling with it i never saw any signs of like him being flustered at all so oh, did no. he have any did Vin have anyone working with him like he did 
behind Biggie the scenes or just by yeah. himself? Biggie was there. She was helping him. Like, he would ask her, you know, the price of things. I mean, come on, then. You should know the price of these things. But she would tell him the price of things. And she was obviously working the back end sort of stuff. But he was working the camera and doing all the talking. But he had to use the front-facing camera. And that seemed like a pain in the ass. And it was interesting. Yeah, because you really need someone there to read the chat. Because, like you said, the chat, it's next to useless. There's, like you said, three people at a time that you can even see their thing. And then the next one's gone already. And if someone, if they're in there talking, like, forget it. So you need someone there running the chat. You really need someone helping, like, bring out stuff. Like, I, I yeah. saw Scott, like, I went over to, we had plans already to see Scott yesterday. And it just happened to be during that time when that was running. And I popped in on him doing it. And it, he was like a sweaty mess in there. It was like <laughs> trying to the whole thing by himself. The workout. Like, it, it was it, it's tough it's i think it's tough i mean for me as a collector it was stressful i think as someone streaming it's stressful i think about 3d retro and the fact that they've been doing this for a bit but they've got a whole team of like i don't know five yeah, yeah they got they have a whole crew and a system down where they like do right. it. i mean scott scott was in there and he showed me like he pre pre like pre-put in all the product and then he just clicks when it goes live. But like a 3D retro, they're just pulling it off shelves and doing it. Like someone's putting it in as they're putting it up. And that's what and that's what Vin was having to do because he was doing a lot of blind box opens. And the problem was he, he couldn't pre-populate that, right? Well, and you so could if you did it ahead of time like Scott was. He was smart and like set himself up for success. So Yeah, well, the thing is though, George, people were buying shit like freaking crazy. I mean... Uh, it, it is was crazy how much stuff so, how sells in there. Like, there, it's it's a. I'm sure that Ben will do it again because I'm sure he made money doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's stuff literally was selling. Like, because it's not like you said, it's not just people in our scene that's somehow watching it. I don't know how people are even finding it, but there's just people on that app that are just buying stuff. Right, just it's great. Pure shopaholics, man. I mean, it, like you said. Vin probably sold stock he hasn't sold in months, and he's just blowing through things left and right. Yeah. It has to be a huge success. Can't Okay, Teresa, tell me the difference between a newbie like Vin, My Plastic Heart, super experienced, probably have done 50 of them, my, uh, 3D Retro, and then Scott Tolleson, probably the first artist one that I know of. Tell me the difference between each three of those. So Vin, I think, was more on the fly. Not like there was no catalog prep or anything. I think he was just rolling with it. I don't feel like he had necessarily a plan of these are the products I'm going to roll through. He just kind of made it work. And he would, he did look at chat at some points because when he got to opening blinds, he took recommendation and was like, okay, I'll play around with this. And I don't think he originally intended to do as many, as many as he did or as long as he did. He was on there for three hours and he had to cut it off. Like I got in there at the end, and he was like, "I got, I got to tell, like, I got to stop this, you all." Like, <laughs> like he could have gone on and on and on. And I was hearing that 3D Retro tends to do theirs for six or seven hours at a time. I was like, "Holy, is that for real? For real? For real, Gary? Like they're just spending their day and and doing pop shops." So, so you know, then I think was just kind of first time, just seeing how it went. Nothing really preloaded, just kind of. Flew by the seat of his pants, but he he did a great job. There were people in there. I think it benefited him that he was the, the first 
out of all the ones I was kind of watching out for from our scene, he was the first one to go. And so I think that really helped him that he was near the beginning of the day because as the day went on, because these these streams last so long, they started to overlap. So Vin was still going when 3D Retro started. 3D Retro was still going when Scott started. It's like, oh my God. So at one point I was literally bouncing between all three streams. Like just bouncing in between just to recheck the catalog to see what new stuff had been added. Um, so Vin was very like, all right, sure, I'll open this. Okay, I guess we're going to unbox the whole egg on case. Like he was just kind of going with the flow. 3D Retro was, they were more organized and they were also more varied in their product. So my, you know, Vin was very much focused on kind of cute stuff at the beginning, like Smoko. You've seen those like Smoko lights, like the dumplings and yeah. all that. Yeah. Um, and then went into blinds. So he was mostly blind heavy. 3D Retro, I got in there. He starts out with these penis flesh gun things. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he jumps to a Funko Pop. And then he jumps to these old weedy wheat Ringo figures. I mean, he was just like all over, like variety galore. But they definitely had a system, right, of... They didn't necessarily have a preloaded catalog, but, like, he had people there. They kind of knew. They had a table of, like, this is some older stuff. Here's some newer stuff. They kind of were bouncing around. It was organized, but it was very varied product. And then Scott, I would say, was the most prepped as far as he knew everything he was going to list. He knew everything he was going to do. And he just kind of slowly released it from his catalog as he went. So he had everything preloaded, like, nice, pretty stock photos. Because if you're doing it on the fly, what they have to do is they're actually taking a photo, like a screenshot of their live, and posting that to the catalog to buy. Versus Scott Tolleson had like nice stock photos and everything preloaded, and he was just pulling it out, showing it, and then like clicking it live in his catalog. Okay. So it was all very different approaches, very different product types. But across the board, as I was bouncing between them, there were people there, there were people watching, stuff was getting purchased. So it was, they were all active. Important um, question. Who had the better background music? Because I got to say, my plastic heart was like this jazzy elevator music. I wasn't digging it, and it was a little loud. But that's coming from Grandpa Ham, so that's not saying much. <laughs> I did, I did let Vin know. I was like, you got to cut your jazz out, man. Uh, <laughs> was it so you could just play music? I guess it's just if, in your, if it's in your store or whatever. It's just in the store, but I had my headphones on, and I don't know if his mic, but it was. there's a lot of bass to the jazz, and so all I can really hear was just a lot of bass. It's kind of like talking in a car when the guy behind you is playing bass music. That was like, yeah. I, I hear Vin talking, but I hear the bass more than anything. Yeah. I think the funniest thing for me was everyone like people had different backdrops. So there was a point where Vin was doing just sitting in front of a shelf, but the shelf he was in front of was like their own personal, not for sale display shelf. And same with Scott. He's just sitting in front of like his at home display and all this I see in the chat, like, what about that? Put that up, lift that, do this. And they're like, none of this stuff is for sale. (laughs) Like it's just, it's just my (laughs) backdrop. People were ravenous. People were like, list this, list this, list this, go, go, go. So question. So I can see this being a huge hit with like estate sales and garage sales and just even someone like you, Teresa, like 
forget doing waffles, right? Could you just could you personally set up an account and just walk around your house and sell your collection on the fly? See, that's the thing that I'm still trying to get a handle on because you're right. I do think like at the end of the day, was it, did it feel chaotic? Was it overwhelming? Was it stressful? Yes. Did I love this as a way to purchase? No. Like I would much rather think through what I'm going to buy, peruse an open blind box on eBay, right? Like this was crazy, but I see how it works. Like I see, I saw it working before my eyes and I could see like you said, as a collector getting on there and kind of using that as the way to sell stuff. The problem is I can't really figure out who is supposed to have access yet because I went in and I saw two different paths. There's a sign up to be a seller path. And then on the main page, it says, create a preview video for your next show, which I didn't want to go too far down that path because I didn't want to post anything when I'm not actually doing something. But when I went down the seller path, it was very much directed at stores. It was like, what's your store name? What's your store website? And I was like, well, that doesn't exist for me. I just want to do it as a person. And so apparently you submit this application and they have to approve it. So I don't know if it's because they're still ramping up that they're limiting who can actually stream on the platform. But I'm curious because I think you're right, Gary, that it could end up blooming into a place where not just stores could use it, but individual people or collectors or whatever for different purposes. I just moved, right? And I've had all of my toys in boxes, like tons and tons of boxes. I'm thinking, what if I just held one of these things and just pulled out this cardboard box that probably has anywhere from 10 to 50 toys in it? I don't know what's in there either. Open it up. That is like a surprise blind box opening right there. And then I just start selling toys that are in the box. Like, could I do that? Can I do that I because mean, I do artist, have I have an artist sale. So curious, what was Scott what was Tolson selling? Was it archive stuff? Was it personal collection stuff? What was he selling? As far as I know, it was all like APs and stuff. Okay. Yeah, it was it was um some new stuff and archives, at least from what I saw. So What do you mean uh, new stuff? Like his uh he had some shards and some Wendigos. But I think that they were they were APs of ones that he's already sold. Oh, were they? Right. I think so. Got it. But a lot of it was like, like Bit of Critter came out, and a lot of his plush from back in the day. Ding. Um, pretty much like anything and everything that he's had a hand in as an artist was that kind of stuff. But a lot of it was more on the archive side. I imagine pop shop style. That stuff was probably flying off the shelves. Yeah, I mean, he, he I will say, a, um, a lot of what 3D Retro and My Plastic Heart were doing were those individual things, right? Here, we got this one thing, we're going to post it. And so it, you have to act really fast. Um, a lot of Scots were multi-quantity. And so those stayed in stock a little bit longer, which was nice if you wanted to think through it. But they were definitely still, like, moving. And then especially the, like, the APs where you only had, like, two shards left, those were, were going really quick. Right, of course. But what's great about this this you know app is that stores and especially established artists can go on there now and sell a lot of that product that they've either been bringing to conventions years and years over and you know conventions are for the most part selling to the same audience every year, but this app seems to be getting new eyes on everything. It's like, you know, you could have gone to a My Plastic Heart or a Strange Cat Toys at any point 
of the day and just gone to the website and bought the same product. But for some reason, inside this app, there is that frenzy that is causing people to just buy things like nuts. And I don't know if that's, maybe it's not our audience in there. Maybe it's a completely different new audience that is eager to buy up this older stuff or the stuff that just tends to be a little more slow burn. Uh, All right, well, so if you say that, how do you feel about, because didn't they mention for DesignerCon, it was not going, they were going to cut off the regulars. I still don't, I still, I don't get the point of that because they talk, they tout how awesome it is that anybody can come to this convention, but now they're going to limit it to only the niche people. Only the people buy tickets. Yeah, but isn't the whole idea of kind of spending the thousands of dollars that it takes to vend the convention is to better market yourselves to new audiences? Like, yeah, I but isn't the conventions the whole purpose of a convention is to sell tickets to your convention? Yeah, no, I absolutely get that, and it's, it's a tough position to be in because by charging, you might be limiting to yourself to the same collectors that would normally attend these events versus getting the new eyeballs on the product, you know, like a lot of these other virtual conventions aren't charging and that's probably why they're being so successful. Um, it's so it's interesting. What are the vendors saying? Are the vendors excited that it's going to be a paid event? I haven't, I haven't talked to anybody. I'm stuck in my house all times. Damn it, George. <laughs> well, geez, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm just bringing it up because you were saying, you were just saying how great it sounded that there were a lot of normal people that didn't know our stuff. And I'm thinking, and it just reminded me that they said that they were going to limit it. So I just wonder if that's a good idea. It seems like it'd be not a good idea to limit it and you should leave it open to everybody. But then how do you sell tickets to Decon? Just VIP passes, give people early entrance. And then later comes the free general public, I guess. Well, and now also, like, Teresa, you were saying how overwhelming it was, and you were just hopping between three people. Imagine it's Decon Day, and there's 150 vendors all, like, pop shopping at once. George, I literally had that thought. I was like, this could be hell for Decon. Like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Because, again, like, it's working. This whole QVC approach, running off impulse pulling people in just getting to watch and see what you're gonna do and what you're gonna pull up and have i get it but from the flip side as a collector and just thinking about how this is gonna work i'm like oh my gosh i just i don't know and i i I, i'm with you all i think everything that i've seen happening this year that's been going virtual because they can't do in-person stuff Everyone seems to be making it free. I mean, even Adobe Max, I know that's not designer toys, but that's like a big thing in the designer world. And that's a very expensive show. And they're making it free to the public this year, which is huge. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is a little weird that they've, they're kind of going down this path of still making it a paid event, paid access um, to get in and, and see all this stuff. But I don't know. It's interesting. I'm I'm still kind of waiting to hear how much stuff is going to cost because we still don't know the ticket prices or the entry. Um, But I think for me, a lot of it's going to come down to who the vendors are going to actually be because, you know, there's obviously people I'm going to have my eye on more than others. But at the end of the day, just thinking about this as the decon atmosphere and me seeing how hard it is to buy on limited quantities and then multiplying that by God knows however many people there will be. Because that's the other interesting thing. When you're watching Pop Shop Live, 
nowhere is there a counter to tell you how many people are currently watching. Like when you're watching an Instagram live, there's a little number at the top. You get a feel pop shop live. All you're doing is just kind of watching the chat go crazy and the selling go crazy. But I have no idea if it's just two people who are crazy (laughs) or like hundreds of people in there, you know, my guess is a hundred people, but you wouldn't know it because that was the thing is the app lacked that sense of community. Like I couldn't go in there and say hello to anyone that I saw, like, you know, pop up in the chat thread. It was just too rapid paced. Yeah. I mean, I will say as a, I don't know what it's like on the seller side, but as long as you kind of pre-populated your information, I mean, it is a very quick and easy purchasing process to follow. It, it, you know, you see when stuff pops up, it clearly labels when something goes uh, out of stock. If you've got multiple quantity, it's low. It does that little like two left, one left kind of thing. It'll count down. Um, so it, it, it works, but. Did you enjoy having to sit there and just wait the anticipation of not knowing what's coming up? Or would you rather just go to a web store? No, like, would you rather just open a pop shop live? see everything that's available in an instant and make your purchases versus having to sit there for one to two hours waiting for something that you might be interested in. Oh, for sure. The first, I mean, at the end of the day, I'd much rather thinking back to your Mab Graves dino experience, Gary, I would much rather know I go to this site at this time. I F five my way buy real quick and be done. But that's, that's not what Pop Shop Live is supposed to be. Like what I realized is it's it's not meant to be set up that way. It's not supposed to be uh, go in, grab what you want, and go. They want you to stay. They want you to sit and watch 3D Retro for seven hours straight, wondering what the. <laughs> what can I mean, it, can it be though? Is my question. I, I don't, and that's what I think about Decon and how this is going to translate. And it's like, I I would be miserable if. The idea of taking off, because I'd probably have to take time off work, right, to sit, well, maybe just for the Friday piece. I think it depends on the days they set it up. But could you imagine from both a seller aspect and a buyer aspect, trying to figure out which feeds to go into at what time, what all to watch, having like 20 tabs open on your desktop to bounce between just so you can buy that one seedless thing that you really want? <laughs> like. No. I just, it sounds terrible, like torture. <laughs> well, and also, like, what about the little guy, like, who counts right. on, like, the walk-around traffic? Like, I, I know that, like, people aren't there to look for my stuff, but they come in for, you know, Paul Kaiju's thing, and then they walk around, and they might see my table and say, oh, I want to see this. How do you find me on Pop Shop? You know, like, how, like, am I just sitting there in an empty room because, like, I don't have enough fan base to get, you know, a crowd in there? Like... It's a great question. And that's the like the the one thing that I think was kind of cool about the collectibles day is that it was a theme day and they had these staggered starts. So I think it was 11 and 10 or 11 a.m. PST. And it was like rolling hours. It was like, OK, we're starting this hour, this shop then the next hour, this. And so that helped a little bit to kind of know what to expect that day. But again, can you imagine hundreds and hundreds being decon size? Right. And having to yeah. sit coordinate i mean if they don't schedule this out and help people know like at least some kind of sense of when drops are going to happen or when certain lives are going to happen i I don't even know if i'd know where to begin i'm sure at the end of the day i would miss out on 
a ton of stuff that I really wanted because I wouldn't know where the heck to go and how to do it and can't sit and listen to, you know, multiple streams waiting for that one thing you really want to happen. It's like the Mav Graves dyno. I'm sure when you got on, now that I've seen it, Gary, I'm sure you got on and you're like, just drop the dyno, drop the dyno, drop the dyno. <laughs> right? It was, an, it was frustrating. But here's the thing. This whole conversation is making me realize, is this changing the landscape? Because why as an established company or an artist would you then want to join a big giant convention virtual experience when you could just download this app, sign up your store, and then connect to your fan base and global fan bases through this app at your own leisure? Why would you want to partake into a large con experience now? It's a great question. I, I, I struggle with that. Why deal with the stress of a large 500 plus vendor scenario when you can just do your own little two hour window on a a weekend? Yeah, I I think it's valid. And I think that's why I get back to I'm really hoping they put some structure and organization and planning around who's going to do what when. So it's not just a free for all, because that just sounds like absolute chaos. I'll stick to the con. Do what? I'll stick to DKE con. Right. Artist interviews, way more laid back, so, strolling throughout the day. How can we participate in something like this? Is there a side window? Like, let's say we wanted to partner with one of our sponsors on their pop-up shop where we could jump on and just kind of like talk along with them. Is there any way a podcast can get involved with this or is it strictly just for rapid sales and in and out. Uh, I did see Scott at one point pulled up somebody who was like a somewhat like some viewer because he was doing like a giveaway and he pulled the viewer in and somehow had them two like the two of them talking to each other. Okay. Yeah. Three retro made me join. <laughs> what? Yes. So the same so- style he just got pulled in. He didn't know it. Yeah, so I, I hopped in at the like right when they were starting. So I chatted. I was like, Hi Ben and he saw and he was like, Teresa and he was like, I don't know if you're decent, but we're gonna try something. <laughs> and all the time I screen it says, Ben wants you to join, except and I was like, uh like literally no joke, I had a pimple patch on because I got this pimple I'm trying to get rid of. I ripped that off my face. I look in the mirror and I'm like, All right, PJs, here we go. <laughs> So I'm like, hi. And he was like, hey. So it was like a split screen deal. I was only on for a couple minutes, but he had me plug Marsham. So, hey, he was like, hey, talk about Marsham real quick. I was like, oh, okay. And I told him about Marsham. But he was like, is this your first pop shop live? I said, yeah. I said, it's it's a thing. This is this is a lot to take in. Um, he's like, yeah, we're doing a short one today. Usually we go for like six or seven hours. I was like, you got to be crapping me. So... There's there's split screen opportunity, Gary, but I mean it's not it's not like Instagram Live or Facebook Live, right? Where you kind of just get on and hang out with people, and it's a little more chill. I mean, it really is geared towards the those rapid sales. So, I mean, could we get on and kind of chat and kind of react to some of the stuff going on? I'm sure we could, but that's not really. I don't. That's not really, I feel like, what it is. Now, the question is, are they going to make that sort of evolution when it comes to decon in that along with having the pop shop live aspect of those rapid sales, right, 
are they also going to integrate artist interviews or, you know, Q&A and stuff like that, right, into the platform? Right. Has there been any bandwidth issues on any of this? It seems like it's a new platform that's blowing up quickly. Is everything running smooth? My Plastic Heart seemed fine. Well, actually, that's one of the things I was seeing in the chat because I was actually watching a bunch of the chat stuff, um, like on my phone while Scott was going live. And I saw people saying that they were like a lot of people were like, are you on the on your phone or on the on the, you know, on your screen? Because people were the people on their computer were a little bit lagging. So when a sale would go live, I think you were better off being on your phone because yep. there was a slight delay on the computer. So that's the yep. difference between being an Apple or Android. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, because if it's like for right now, if it's something that's so limited, there's only two. By the time you know, by the time you see it on your computer, it might already be gone. Right, and that not only that. So again, I was comparing the two, and on your phone, again, the way you're able to kind of tap through stuff is pretty easy right you just like click 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 like crazy on your computer though you do a click and it takes a set for the modal to pop up and it's not as easy to kind of speed click through stuff um but like it got so bad i literally kept switching between wi-fi and lte to my lte on my phone to figure out which was faster (laughs) so bandwidth is definitely something that i'm very curious because there were a few times where it was lagging sometimes for me the video would be black i could hear the sound but not see it so i'd have to close the app and get back in um one cool thing though that i thought was kind of an interesting thing i didn't expect when you minimize the app if you have a video playing the audio will continue so there were a few times where i was like you'd be i was scared to leave i'm like i'm gonna miss stuff but then I realized you got me. <laughs> or I'm like, oh, I'm trying to re- like, do I need to go reply to this text or check this over here? But I was scared to leave the app. But when you minimize it, if the video is playing, the audio continues. So I was able to keep listening while doing other stuff on my phone. And then if I heard something that interests me, I could pop back in to see it. Okay. It's dangerous. It's smart. <laughs> it's smart. So there were a few times where I like wasn't actually watching. And then there was a few times I was trying to watch on my computer, but had the phone nearby. And then I'd pull up on my phone if I wanted to buy. I mean, I was trying all sorts of things. (laughs) One more question that we need to get off off Pop Shop. We've been talking 40 minutes on Pop Shop. Oh, Um, Lord. Is it international? Is it a global app where you can ship all over the world? Or I think I read somewhere that this was only for stateside shipping that is correct for they i feel like they're i don't know if it's really in beta but it definitely is a new tool i feel like they're still kind of working things out and it's so you know the fact that there's only an ios app it is limited to only purchases in the u.s right now there's definitely i think things that need to grow and change thinking about needing to support decon it almost feels like these are little trial runs. Like yeah. they're just testing things out, seeing what happens when people join, learning from it, growing, all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely interesting. I've done it now. I'm in the mix. I'm no longer a pop shop virgin. And we'll just, we're good. I'm going to keep checking you've it popped, out. You've popped your pop shop. I popped my pop shop cherry. There you go. <laughs> 
Well, speaking of that, let's move on to some of our sponsors. We got three awesome stores for you. MyPlasticHeart.com. Visit them. Use our promo code TOYFAM at checkout. If you happen to live in the States and spend $75 or more, you'll get free shipping on that order. Again, that's MyPlasticHeart.com. Or you can visit 3DRetro.com. No promo code. Uh, We'll just run with it. And then there's StrangeCatToys.com. Use our promo code MARSHAM at checkout, and you should receive 10% off your entire order. Otherwise, to stay on top of all the latest and greatest in designer toy news, be sure to like and follow SpankyStokes.com and TheToyChronicle.com. Boom, swish. Good job, Gary. Speaking of which, I just remembered... We have, we mentioned that we're going to start giving away $10 gift certificates to our sponsors. And all people had to do, if they listened to last record, we saved it to the very end. We gave a simple question, and the question was, tell us your favorite shoe growing up as a kid. And all you had to do was just tell us that in our comment thread of the episode on Instagram. And I think we had some participants. So how about we do a quick giveaway? Let's do it. We, you want me to go to random a randomizer? Yes, please. So when you're there, we had 10 total entries, and this is for a $10 gift card to 3DRetro.com. I feel like I need to film this so people don't think I'm illegitimate here. So uh, This isn't a real game show. We don't have rules. Just pick a number. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the question. I got a list randomizer. Uh, George, pick a number between 1 and 10. 7. All right, I'm going to click randomize seven times, and the number at the top after seven clicks is the winner. Fuck. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh, God, I would have picked four, two if I had known I was going to do this. Okay, here we go. Last click. The winner is number two. Number two, Shinat Shen. You have won a $10 gift card to 3D Retro. Congratulations. All right, so we've been gone for two weeks. A lot of things have happened in the designer toy world, and it seems like I would say the last two weeks was all about platforms. We saw the release of Janky Series 3 with no Kickstarter. It's pre-ordered, and those orders are going to be start being fulfilled in December. We saw Spanky Stokes get a DIY figure in uh, conjunction with Strange Cat Toys, and we saw Little Max from Mighty Jacks. It seems like that's going to be maybe their new platform for license work. And uh, what was it? That game one. Oh, that's right. The the Blanco's, Blanco. Blanco's Block Party. It's Platform Galore Week. Weeks. So that, that game is cool. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's a game called Blanco's Block Party. It's still in development, but you can follow them on Instagram. And it's by, it's by a game company called Mythical Games. And um, the game is designed around designer toys. So you're actually playing the platform toys. And some of the toys in the game are designed by people that we are very familiar with. You got Junko Mizuno, Terry McPherson, James Groman, Pete Fowler, and there's several others. And so, yeah, you're actually designing this universe and you're running around it playing designer vinyl toys. And it looks really cool. So if you're interested in that, go to their Instagram account which is Play Blancos. And yeah, so I don't know a whole lot about this game. I've seen visuals and I've seen some video game play and it looks awesome. But I have yet to hear if it's for consoles, smartphones, PCs. I don't know anything about that yet. 
but I do know for the upcoming New York Comic Con on October 10th, they're going to be having a panel with some of the designers. And those designers are James Groman, Pete Fowler, and Junko Mizuno. So hopefully at that panel, we'll learn a lot more about this game. But otherwise, I'm excited, and this looks very promising. That's cool. And if anybody goes over their Instagram, leave a comment on their last picture. It just says, Marsham Toy Hour sent you. So, um, okay, so I have questions because I'm trying to wrap my head around some of this this game. Because it looks... At least, so there's a trailer out there what you can watch. It's like a little trailer and gameplay to kind of get a feel for it that I watched pieces of. And it seems like it's geared towards kids. It reminds me of like the Roblox stuff and all these things out there where kids just get online and get in groups and just mess around in different little mini game areas. Did you get that same sense too, Gary? A little bit. There's just one. If you go to the Instagram account and there's an image, the third image from the top far right it's like a crop photo of four and there's a play button if you click that it's a pretty long video where the game developers are actually talking to each other and they're showing you the gameplay they're talking about designer toys and um, so it seems like it's for kids but it seems like it's something very much where adults like ourselves would enjoy this yeah, because the other thing, too, I was trying to get a feel for is, because I think it's funny, we were mentioning the Odd Fauna game, and I was like, I wonder if there's any other games out there, and then this popped up, and it's a it's an interesting cross between that sort of kid game world and our world, but I'm not clear on if they're planning to release the toys as well, or if it's truly just collecting digitally in the game. Like, I, you know, I think about Fortnite and all the skins they release yeah. that you can get for your characters. Do you get the sense that that's how it's going to work? That it's just uh, these are developed specifically for the game to unlock in the game? Or do you think that they're going to tie it back to our scene and also release these as toys? Yeah, it's hard to say. You know, everyone who makes a movie or a video game, you of course you want to have merchandise at all the big box stores and all that sort of stuff. So I can see if the game does well, I can see that being a step for them, right? Because that's what Roblox did, Fortnite, a lot of the video companies, you can walk any target aisle and see that they have toys there too. So I would not be surprised, but maybe also within the game, there's a, a feature to buy and just collect virtually. Maybe, you know, upgrade to, you know, a certain character, you just pay for it within the game and get it there. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear more about PC or specific platform, but it is interesting to think about this being kind of in that more mainstream world seeing these toys you know in an aisle in target for little kids to pick up but um I, when i first saw them i mean the shapes for me are not my favorite but i think once i saw them in the game they grew on me because they've got kind of it's almost like a a squished version of a lego head like this this sort of cylinder shape for some versions and then there's a few that have these I don't know, antlers, kind of three, two little antlers and the little booby nipple thing on the top. That one looks like an airplane to me for some reason. Like it looks like a piece of an airplane on their head. Oh, it does. So it's, you know, two different shapes. I don't know if one is meant to be, I don't know, just two different options, but they're, they're different. They're more, I mean, they're more into that sort of mainstream kind of shape thing. So at first I was like, I don't know. But then once you kind of see it in the gameplay, you kind of it kind of grows on you. So I'm curious to see where this goes. It's it's very interesting to see a ki- like what I feel is like a kid based platform, and then see like these these adult designs. 
But it seems more than just like kid play. If you're talking kid play, I'm thinking eight, like maybe age six and older for sure. Because this is like play, build, and collect. You can play the game. You can build entire arenas. You have a whole selection of assets. It's a whole modular world that you get to build. Like you can change the angle of the ramps and all this sort of crazy, crazy stuff. So, I mean, it's definitely not like a kid's game. This is probably like preteen where adults will enjoy it. It's just, so yeah, learning more about it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, it's interesting. What would be cool too is like if you can build these universes kind of like, I don't know, Animal Planet, what's it called? Animal Planet, Animal Crossing that you were playing where you could, I saw that you were designing Marsham shirts and, you know, other people were designing product. Like how cool would it be into this world if there was a modular feature where you could put in a my plastic horse uh, house my plastic, <laughs> plastic horse <laughs> my plastic heart store shop or a strange cat uh, mobile unit or you know whatever like imagine yeah. a marsh on my on marsham billboard like within this this world like i think it has a lot of potential yeah, I mean, that's a good point, because there is that sort of urban aspect, and I even think, you know, skins, right? If they've got different artists they've pulled in for these skins, if they open that up and allow people to submit or release skins that can get picked up by others, where I can, we can make a Marsham Alien bl- Blanco or whatever, right? That could be really fun. I'm telling you, I'm going to send you the link to the, the, that, the best video. It's You're going to get a okay. greater idea of what it is. I will include it in our show notes. And, uh, yeah, watch the video. I mean, it looks awesome for the, even the stuff that they have for parachutes, even the parachutes look very designer toy. It's like what pops out of the backpack is this donut character or a hot dog character. And that's your parachute. And you can use that to glide down to the next level. Just fun stuff. So I'll include that in the show notes. If this sounds like something you'd be into. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I want to check it out. It's if I'm not really into the whole build your own level gameplay, but if it's like little mini games, you can pop in and could you imagine if we created some like designer world tournament thing? And we all had teams. Oh, this could get fun. <laughs> Everyone sits you know, and plays. I, I'd, I'd only really be interested in it if I could like like I'm probably not I don't I'm not going to sit around playing those little games, but. I like the idea of collecting the different characters. So if there's like a shelf, like a virtual shelf in your, in your, you know, menu, and you can just kind of whatever you need to do to get each character. I'd be into doing that. Yeah. You know, what, you know, what would be really cool is, oh man. So I, I, yes, I like to digitally collect, but I like physical collecting as well. And imagine if you can't buy the toy, the physical toy, unless you've unlocked it in the game, that could be cool. Like maybe there's certain designs that are super hard to get and you have to beat certain levels or unlock certain things in the game to get the ability to get the real toy. Or, or the other way around where you have to go find the real toy in the real world and get the code and put it in your game. I know Funko's done that. We've had like the, what's that little scrambled code on the packaging? What's that called? Yeah. QR code? Yeah, QR code. So you just scan that with your phone and then you can then have your... The, whatever toy you bought, you can actually play that in the game now. Once That's you- cool. I, I guess I'd rather, I would rather see that flip because, <laughs> and seriously though, so many times you can just go out to the store and buy the thing and then boom, you have the code, right? But how cool would it be if 
they flipped it and you had to do the thing in the game to get the toy. I just think that'd be no, a that, different way. That would be cool too. Probably a lot less purchases that way, but still pretty cool. I agree. It just makes it more limited, right? I'd be like, yeah, I'm one of the the 10 people who got to the freaking 200th level. Suck that. <laughs> <laughs> there was that, do you guys remember that Club Penguin toys and game that they used to have years ago? I've, I never got into that, George, but I recognize the name. There was, uh, I, I worked on a lot of those figures. Like I sculpted a lot of those. And so I used to go to the store and buy the figures because I wanted to have, you know, I wanted to have the piece I worked on. And each one of those used to come with like a little coin that had a number on the back. And man, I sold those little coins on eBay like crazy because I didn't play the game at all. So they meant nothing to me. But I paid for every figure I bought paid for itself by selling those coins on eBay. Wow. That's crazy. That's an interesting. People wanted those codes. Oh, could you imagine if it became like this blind thing where the the code or the thing you could unlock with the toy is random? So yeah, like, codes. Yeah, like for, Fortnite and some of those games, they'll do these like mystery chest things you can buy, right? So you you buy a loot box, but it's random, right? And it'll give you like a random costume. Uh, or skin, it'll give you like a random buff, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? A random hat color or whatever, a new, a new thing. It'd be it'd be fun if they somehow tied in that mystery aspect to if you were to buy a physical thing in the store, it comes with like a coin or whatever, but it's a a random thing. Like, oh, you've now unlocked these little pieces. Yeah, there's a lot they could do with this. Hopefully, they're hopefully they're plugged in enough to know all the stuff they can really do with it. Yeah, and that's what I like about what you said plugged in is they obviously know the designer toy scene. They, they're admitting that this is mischievous designer art vinyl toys running around in their world. Like, they're not, oh, granted, they didn't use monies and bare bricks, but they created their own platforms, and then they had the smarts to go out and get actual designers in our scene that's only going to help them in marketing, and you know, people are going to be excited about to play their designs. It's not like they're inspired by like those Taco Bell bellheads where yeah, they were obviously inspired by designer toys so much. So it looks like they just ripped off a few pre-existing dunnies, but that's not the case here. They're not trying to be something they're not, you know, they're just being right up front about it. Yeah. It's good that they're not just trying to like, this is a designer toy, but we made it all ourselves in our studio. It's like, no, they went and got the artists. Right. Exactly. This is not the next mighty mugs. They're obviously very involved and, it's exciting that they're kind of wanting to be a part of our community. Yeah. Speaking of Mighty Mugs, Gary, you said there's a new platform out around that? Not Mighty Mugs, but Mighty Jacks has... I'm going to assume it's a new platform. It was called um, Little Max, and they showed several skins of Transformers on this new platform. And I imagine that's kind of like their dunny, their bare brick or whatever and so maybe little jacks is going to be the platform for mighty jacks i you know it didn't exactly wow me but i can see where you know it has that designer toy clean simple shapes clean feel easy you know design applications so yeah i can see them running with it and just expect to see probably more licenses come on that platform so mighty jacks made a mighty mugs mighty jacks Mighty, mud, I, tiny Jack. What's it called? It's called Tiny Jacks. Mighty, Mighty Mugs. Tiny Jacks. Little Max. Mighty Jacks. Little Max. Little Max. Little, little Max. Max. 
That's because Mighty Max was already taken and Mighty Mugs was already taken, so they went with Little Max. <laughs> yeah. But but it, it, it's funny because they, they're going with Transformers first, and that does make me think of the Mighty Mug Transformer stuff. But when you go and look at the toy, it actually kind of has a... If you all are familiar with the Dorbs platform, I mean, you know that, Gary, I'm sure. But it kind of has a Dorbs head, like a circular round head to it. It's like a merging of platforms. And when I first saw it, I didn't know it was Mighty Jackson. I thought it was a loyal subjects thing. It's, <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's, it's the thing. It's like designer toys. Everything kind of starts looking like each other. There's been so many platforms done over the years. And if you just go real simple shaped... It's kind of hard to distinguish who's who at what point, but then, like we mentioned, then there's the Spanky Stokes troll. Like you look at that, it's not trying to be a Dunny or a, a you know, a Mighty Mug or a Bear Brick. Like Stroll has a very defined shape. You look at it, you know, it's the creature from the mon- you know, Monsters Inc. It's it's that that build type. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's going to be hard to change that into like something that's too different than our, our it's just a design stroll like everybody design your own stroll yeah um did you, did you get one i got one i have an i have one here on my desk review um it's heavy it doesn't feel oh. like a crappy blank it's not a piece that's going to fall apart it's not like you know how sometimes you get those like some of the blanks they just feel like crappy like they just they feel like lower quality than a regular thing yeah these are. This is not a low quality toy. This is. These are thick vinyl. Um, it's. It's tough. It's a tough little beast. Um, it's a pretty good size. It's. It's quite large. To, it's like it's. You know. It's, what. What. What was it? Five inches or something? It's. It's tall. It's and it's every bit of every bit of that height. Let me get a ruler out. Yeah, it's a little over five. So it's. You know, five and an eighth probably. Here and you put it down. It does sound kind of hefty. Uh, and this here, let me open the bag. Hold on one second. How's the vinyl feel? It definitely feels like China vinyl more than Japanese vinyl. Okay. Um, but it's it, it's a it's a solid little dude. Like he's not. It's I don't know I don't know how to describe it, but it's uh, it's like you're not going to pop this head off very easily. It's going like, was... to take heat if you want to get this off. That's what I was going to ask. So you talking about how solid it is. I mean, it, as a customizer, right, you might want to take pieces apart. You might want to know what can rotate. Like, does everything articulate okay? Can you move the head around easily and the arms? Yeah, I mean, you can hear that little, like, that noise of rotation when I hear. Okay. They're tight fit. Which so, is yeah, it's a, it's, a tight, it's a tight little toy. and it's But it's real nice. Like, the quality is real good. Um, you're not going to take it apart easy, though. It's not going to be, like, one of those... Just pop the arms on, like the way our money does. I think. I think they pop off pretty easy, right? Yeah, it's. It sounds like it's the more traditional. Like when I was doing the familiar, you know, had the the way the joints fit into the body. There's usually that extra little seam, and they're pretty attached in there. And you got to kind of warm things up to pop it apart. Versus, yeah, I mean, this looks like it was made to be a toy, and it's just made blank. You know. Yeah, because like I, like I got a dunny right here, and they have that that sort of little socket fits in the whole kind of thing going on right so it's easier to sort of pull things apart but i'm kind of with you george on the comment like it's it's not like a from a diy standpoint you know there's elements in it that have made it look 
like a stroll that kind of don't keep it super generic, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But when it comes to customizing, like instead of the hands just being like a blank nub, right? They've got stroll claws. Oh yeah, it's definitely got. It has like the full. The fingers are pre-sculpted in there. It's got little finger tip nails on there. Um, it's got toenails on the toes. So it's, it has a lot of the details in there. They're, like the horns are completely blank. Like there's no ridges or anything, but it does have horns. Um, but it's got a nice flat. Like if you want to paint a cool face on it, it's a it's a big flat area to paint on. Um, so I mean, it definitely you can make other beasts but it's definitely a beast you know it's already going to be this beast i mean i'm sure there's people that will customize it and do crazy things and if you cut the horns off you can do you know whatever you want to do or if you want to sculpt on top of it you can make a new part new shape parts and stuff but as far as like a platform blank it's not really it's not a platform as much as it's a blank stroll right i i do think the cool thing about it is if you look at like the stroll itself and even look at some of the single color poles, right? They did strip it back, right? So it doesn't have the facial features like the eye or the mouth or the teeth. It doesn't have the fur detail. So I do like that it's a stripped back version of it so that it is more simplified for kind of the open interpretation. Um, And I can definitely see people, you know, cutting, cutting into the vinyl, rebuilding hands or whatever if they want to get crazy. The only thing that bugs me, and I, I guess it's just the way it is, and I think part of it's because they removed those facial features, is I'm not a huge fan of the side profile. I just feel like the face is a little pancaked, and I just I would have liked it to naturally have more of like a rounded shape to it, but that's just a nitpick and just a personal preference, and it could always be you know sculpted on or built out to be a different shape, but... I just wish that the face wasn't so flat from the side. I'm kind of with you on that. Like I, I kind of agree. Like even the body is a little bit, um, I don't know, a little bit smushed to me from the side profile. Like I would, I'd like to see, he's a beast. Like I want to see him built out like a beast, but I kind of feel like that was partially like a little bit of my doing with that, with the original OMFG stroll. Like I kind of, it was it was only ever like a, a graphic before you know it was a sticker it was a front image and when i was making that original stroll i kind of kept it purposefully thin like a minifigure like i was kind of doing that you know to mimic that style of minifigures where if i had made it sculpted it the way it should be like a big thick beast it would have been a ton of plastic and i almost feel like this is like it kept that omfg like thinness that never should have been the actual like that's not what the stroll in my head that's not what a stroll would have looked like he would have been a he would have had you know mass front to back as well but yeah i don't know i think that that's still carried along into this but um he doesn't have a butt so you'd have to sculpt your own butt in there yeah i mean but, i don't know it's a group I, I bought two of them because i want to do a custom on one and i want to keep a nice blank and I, I i recommend the piece definitely it's a cool like it's definitely a cool little shape yeah, I, I like that it's a, a bit of a larger size. A lot of DIYs these days are in that three inch range. And so I like the idea of a little bit of bigger piece. I mean, even as me, as someone who kind of wants to get more into the customizing world, I could see me being able to turn this into something that's cute or something in my realm. It's not like there's anything in it that I'm like, oh, there's no way I can work around that or turn this into what I'd want. So, no, and I think it'd be fun because it does have that big face area. Like, there's, I think people will have fun painting on this. 
Oh yeah. There's a lot of opportunities for how you deal with the face or shape in general. So major kudos. I feel like he's been working on this. I'm scrolling through his feed. I feel like he's been teasing and talking about this for a while now. So congrats, Spanky and Strange Cat. It's it's out oh, and, there. And by the way, that image that side image, when you're holding in your hand, it's not as crazy looking as the pictures you see online. Hmm. Oh, that's good. So how much and were these? Were... I think they were 25 for the DIY, and I think they did a surprise drop for a glow-in-the-dark. That was 35, maybe? I don't... I didn't... I just went for the blank. I don't... I didn't look at what other ones there were. Like, Who was selling it? Was it Spanky or Strange Cat? Uh, Strange Cat's always had it. Okay. I was just looking at the wrong website. I was trying to find it. And speaking of more platforms, then we learned that Super Plastic finally released Series 3. And this time, they decided not to go with a Kickstarter campaign. They just went straight uh, pre-order, and uh, they're going to fulfill orders this December. How do you guys feel about uh, them not going Kickstarter this time? Make sense? Or would you prefer them just to, if they've done it in the past, why not stick with it? I mean, it's good for me because now I don't have to get in anymore. <laughs> Do you feel like you just need to support Kickstarters no matter what, George? Uh, not no matter what, but I like to support stuff that's in our scene if I can. Like, So them skipping it is nice for me because I don't really collect the jankies anyway, so yeah. I, don't, I don't have to get them. I don't, I don't necessarily feel like a Kickstarter was needed, but I'm a little surprised I didn't do it just because it seems to be their thing for this series. Um, but I'm not, I'm not like heartbroken over the fact that they chose to just skip it on the Kickstarter and do something different this time. So, I mean, if you can get your brand to the point where, I mean, that's kind of the point of Kickstarter is to get your brand to the point where you don't need the Kickstarter. So, right. Build your audience, get your mailing list. Like that was something I never did with October Toys. Is we didn't, like, we never did a mailing list. We never like engaged with people outside of the thing we were doing. So like, we you know to get another series. If we just tried to get a series going, how would we tell anybody? Like we don't, you know, like right. We didn't have a way to like keep it going. We had no marketing or anything like that. So to, for them, they probably are smarter and have a have a system. <laughs> and did it, did it the right way where once you get a couple series going you're making enough money that you don't need to do that we never ours were never that successful so we right. you know we're, each one paid for itself and then we did it again That's yeah I mean we, honestly I think back to when they stood the second Kickstarter and I was like why are they doing this they already had this crazy successful original <laughs> Kickstarter they've been releasing a ton of stuff they've clearly got a following they don't need the second Kickstarter so I was already feeling like they had that set up way back when George. So it doesn't feel needed or warranted at this point for sure. And I thought series three was a Kickstarter because that's how I learned about it. I got an email from Kickstarter alerting me to series three. So initially it's like, Whoa, they're doing another Kickstarter. But that was just cause I was a previous backer and I must've been on their mailing list, but I think they are doing something a little different this time around. I think I read that the case count is, 12 pieces to a case and not 16 this time around. Oh, they, oh, I got to go look at that. Do you guys collect those? Are you going in? Are you going to pre-order some? I have some. I definitely like the janky platform, but not enough to like to want to be a completionist of it. 
But in previous series, I did pick up several from each series, and I'll do the same with this one. I didn't pre-order them just because I'm not a fan of doing the blind box gamble anymore, especially with the multi-artist series where there's so many styles, and I only want two or three out of the entire series. So I'll definitely pick these up in December, though, when people start selling their dupes. Nice. Yeah, it, I think I'm starting to also get into that world too, Gary, where um, unless I love a series enough to go in on a case like Pop Mart style and get one of each, for the most part, I've become more picky. Oh, well, I really only want this one if I'm going to get one and I'm less willing to gamble. Um, I mean, looking through the series in, in general, Super Plastic, I've noticed, has not really been fully in my wheelhouse when it comes to what they release. They're doing cool stuff, but as far as just the cute aesthetic I like, they don't really delve into my side of the scene that much. I mean, they've got great variety. They've got new people pulled in. Harlow uh, Bear, Andrew Kang, she's in here. Scott Tollison. So they got some new blood, which is great, along with their old blood. Um, and they're all they're going crazy with sculpts, as usual. I mean, there's all this crazy additional stuff in here. Um, so they're doing it the super plastic way, but for me, um, you know, there's only like a select few, like you said, that I'm like, oh, I could see me wanting this one. I, I definitely appreciate a lot of them, but a lot of them just don't fit my aesthetic. Right. The one thing though that I think people are going to be all over is, did you notice it looks like one of the figures in the series is going to be a miniature version of that spray paint? Oh yeah, uh, that's totally a sketch spray can. And people are going to see that's I think people there's always going to be like the Gugamon ones and that I feel like people are going to the crazies like the, the hardcore fans. I can see them going out buying cases trying to hunt those suckers down. Speaking of which several I don't know when this we first learned about Gugamon and Janky we were talking about who's going to be more popular because they both had Instagram accounts. Let's find out who's winning that popularity contest. I'm going to guess they still post things. They both still oh. post things in separate accounts. They're almost kind of like the itchy and scratchy of like the designer toy scene. You'll see well, not even the designer toy scene. I don't think they want to even be considered designer toy scene. Like they want to be bigger than that. They're, they're more into like, you know, what's that? It's like culture. Like they're, they're tagging celebrities and like Gucci. Yeah, and... like, it's, it seems like they want to be more complex conish, really connect to these, uh, you know, Hype beast sort of stuff, yeah. But I'm curious. Googiemon has gotta be Googiemon beating out Janky. Googiemon has one point two million followers. That's a lot. Fuck. That's a lot. What's the engagement on a photo? A lot. Uh, What do you mean an engagement? So the the more recent one, it's not even a video. It's a photo. I don't know. Almost ten thousand likes so far. Almost about 740 comments. Okay. Let's go to... So are you thinking more or less for Janky? Less. Drum roll. Yeah, 402,000. Oh, I called it. Googie wins. Because honestly, between the two, I prefer the Googie personality. I mean, for the most part, I feel like they've gone a little woe. I mean, they're... Super Plastics definitely putting themselves as an out there kind of brand. We don't give a crap. I mean, there are times where no joke, like Googiemon will tease, like putting out nudes. <laughs> like, it's just all over the place. But the dynamic between Googiemon and Janky is 
they kind of butt heads and Gugimon's more posh and like put together and Genki's just like a shit show. Yeah, they're like that those viral videos where the roommates are just total dicks to each other doing stupid antics and hurting each other where you always wonder how they remain friends or roommates but for some reason they had this great relationship and that's that's the relationship that Genki and Gugimon seem to have. Yeah, it's they yeah it, it cracks me up i mean it's they've definitely put a lot into their personalities and growing it but it doesn't surprise me that gugumon has more of a following because i think people identify with his shape more just as a figure but also just his personality at least for me i i i, I align more with i guess what he kind of his tone is than janky's hot mess over there of like Oh, I'm gonna drink like a billion hot sauces and pour in my eyes if you buy my shirt. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> the animations are great. They're, I mean, who's ever doing this? Who's ever behind this for Super Plastic? They're doing a pretty damn good job. Yeah, I mean, I hope Series Three does good. Um, I will give them kudos though. Flipping through these designs, they just they really tap into the art side of the scene. Yeah, it's nicely clear. It's a very nicely curated series for sure. Did you all see this bird one? The bird one's really cute. Do you know who that's by? With the bird mask, uh, the red I, one? I, uh, the name's escaping me. But that's the thing is when I was looking at the final reveal of all the designs, sure, I recognize Junko and Fowler and Andrea Kang, but there's a lot of them in there that I must not follow them because there's a lot of new artists that I, I just couldn't place who the designs were from. So that's, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's good, yeah. right? That they're... We're people who've been in the scene for a while. If we're getting introduced to new stuff, there's that's always a good thing. Yeah. Pulling some old school, pulling some people that haven't been in but that have been in the scene for a while and pull people in that are more in the art world that maybe haven't delved in our scene before. I'm really curious now to find out the names of the artists in here. Well, they're on the box. Janky 3 revealed. Maybe it's in here. Uh, we can actually put this in the the, the notes, uh, Gary, but Toy Chronicle has a nice article that walks through all the Janky Series 3 figures with the artist name under them. So, yeah, Scent Rock, whoever Scent Rock is, is the... I like that bird one. That's cute. It's one of those that looks like it's going to have a mask. I'm always curious what they put under it. There's a few in the series that have a mask. I want to say maybe there's three. The Googiemon has a mask that... Four, the, bird. The, the four-handed one has a mask. The bird, oh the, yeah, the, the the blue the geish. I don't know, like Asian inspired. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the bird one. So yeah, three of them. And of course, they went crazy with Junko. I okay. I don't know a lot of Junko history, but I feel like the Junko followers are gonna love this because those shapes that to me look like steaks. Yep. I, I feel like it's something that's been like in her work from way back when in toys, but you haven't seen it for a while. And I feel like it's like bringing that back. That's one I would pick up open box for sure. You know, that's going to be a popular one. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. What else? Oh, have you guys seen that new course figure? It's like an 18 inch vinyl figure. I think it actually comes out this week uh, at towards the end of the week. Maybe I want to say it was Thursday, actually maybe 10 one, but this Dude, this thing is amazing. It is a two-piece set, 18 inches vinyl. I believe it was called something about you used to keep me warm. And it's, so it's the human character, but behind him is the coarse pause character standing on a ladder just holding up this giant 
cloud. Like, freaking phenomenal. I have thanks to you. It's, I will forever find their mechanics. Like, I don't know how they make stuff work. Yeah, how, how, how they, they seem to defy gravity with every piece, and I just find it mesmerizing. Like, that guy should not be able to, like, if you just think of a toy, he should not be able to stand on his tippy toes, then holding this giant cloud. Like, it, it should just topple right. over, right? But this is an 18-inch vinyl piece, and it's fully supported, and it works. Their execution is bar and none, but just above everybody else. I would say... Their creativity, quality, and execution is top-notch in the industry, and then maybe Instinct Toys might be a close second for me. Yeah, course for me has always been, like, their quality is always top-notch. I'll never forget being my first Omen and just being like, how is this a production piece? Right. It is so clean and crisp and everything from the, the sculpts to the paint jobs. It's just perfection and i mean i'm looking at this thing and they didn't cheat it right it's not like the cloud is resting on the guy's head or anything like that nope. it's literally just this little the, the hand and it, I, you know, i'm sitting and looking at it and just trying to think how the heck did they connect these together in a way that it looks like it's not even like he's holding the cloud it's like he's pushing it or holding it over the guy's head yep it's crazy and they even incorporated um fabrics the, the dude's got a freaking raincoat on that looks like a legit actual raincoat Dude, that's functioning zippers and everything on that tiny little ring jacket oh yeah i mean leather looks like leather on some and then the other one like this uh kind of semi-parent blue one that looks like legit raincoat material yeah it's like a semi-translucent mint green yeah but it's got like actual freaking functioning zippers yeah. and jawstrings and air vents and like it's a like a functioning raincoat it's insane <laughs> but then of course it's coarse they always have this really deep meaning behind their pieces there's always like a heavy underlining story and this one has to do with something about ah, breaking yourselves of storms and in our lives or something about best friends why do we keep uh, the, the people who hurt us close, or why do we miss the ones that hurt us the most? Like, like a friendship yeah. gone wrong. Or something. Do either of you want that piece? I, I, I mean, I love it. I th- freaking, I think it's fantastic. Would I want to own this particular one? I, I don't know if this is the one for me, but at some point, I would love to own one of these gravity-defying, like phenomenal course pieces. Like I own some of their minifigures, but they don't. They're not on this level. I want one of these art pieces that they create like I, at some point i should own one of these and i should have one of these in my collection yeah i agree i mean this isn't one that i would splurge on because a lot of this stuff this looks like one of their larger more expensive pieces i'd be more selective to make sure it's uh, like a theme that i'd be really into but you can't go wrong with anything coarse if you're into this the other thing i think is really cool is the play on color yeah. and I haven't read the backstory, but I can see now how maybe it's the guy behind him isn't necessarily protecting him, but kind of pushing a dark cloud overhead because they've done this really crazy gradient treatment on the guy's face that it looks like he's under shadow or becoming shadowed. 
and it really looks like the cloud has literally cast a shadow on his head, but it's more, it's a paint job giving that illusion with these dark, like deep purples on his face. Yeah. Amazing. It's so good. Yeah. And they're not as expensive as you think. So these are two pieces standing 18 inches. I, I imagine being on the ladder, the paw holding the, the cloud, like, you know, tabletop to the top of the cloud is probably 18 inches, but I mean, 388 bucks for edition sizes of 300. And that sounds like a pretty reasonable price, actually. <laughs> Gary, I never thought I'd ha- that we'd be the- in a day where you would say $188 sounds reasonable. Ah, but when you look at the quality, it's just, it's, it's so justified in that price. It's absolutely worth that. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't spend money like that, but I think it just goes back to finding the exact perfect piece that speaks to me. Yeah. This isn't. This wouldn't be the one for me, but I mean, you got to respect course. I mean, you remember a D, it was a decon. I was looking at one of the giant omens on display and hardcore debating putting that in, like taking that home with me. I do. So it it happens. I definitely go there. I I think about getting a piece from them for sure to just. Kind of like a 20-inch dunny, right? One of those standout pieces. So here it says that the ladder is reinforced with magnets to keep paw in place. That's still... Fuck. I was still thought those were like metal rods going into the toes. Yeah. Just, so is he removable? So he must be removable. Wow. You think the cloud is magnetic too? Onto the paw? That's, that's what's so impressive about it. It doesn't seem... T- like in my mind, magnets wouldn't hold that up i'm still thinking that's reinforced with a metal rod going into his paw and then into the cloud but maybe that's a magnet too god that would be crazy i'm impressive good stuff good stuff speaking of good stuff we're at hour and 20 minutes is there anything else you guys want to talk on or should we just start wrapping it up you want me to feed in one last little thing or save it is it going to be a discussion or is it going to be like a quick five second i'll save it save it so There's just some, someone doing something fun on social. I'll save it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well. You, you as Grandpa Ham Gary, you'll be like, what? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just embracing it, man. Grandpa Ham. Let's, let's do it. Do you know what TikTok is? I do, but I'm not involved. <laughs> but yeah, I've seen TikToks. All right. Good stuff. Good talking with you guys. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. <laughs> you, you know what? That's the worst ending ever. Keep it. Keep it right there. You know what? I'm proud of us. We came back. Look at us. We've done a third. We're doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. Let's make it happen. Right. This week. All right. This week. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to make guests actual work with our current ways of, of doing things who needs them we'll, <laughs> we'll look, look at George out. George is like who needs sponsors who needs guests look at George it's just yeah. us sitting around talking if people want to listen they can listen <laughs> I've been on about pop shop <laughs> alright All right, let's wrap it up so this has been the Marsham Toy Hour wait a minute let's take a second let, let everyone know where they can find us alright Teresa go first Check me out on Instagram, tmhawk24. George. I don't know why you find me, but I'm at Double G Toys. <laughs> and I'm, make sure 
you tag George in post, you po- you tag his real account, not his pin account, then. And I'm Grandpa Ham. You can find me at Gary Ham on Instagram or superham.com. This has been the Marsham Toy Hour. We try to do this every week, not because we have to. But because we but want because to. Because we want to. So until our next transmission, we're signing off. Bye. Bye. Just kidding, Ben. I love you. <laughs> Dude, if he can host a freaking pop shop now, like, there's no reason he can't come on this podcast anymore. Like, oh, we're... Are we getting him on? We're getting him on. It's oh, happening. I awesome. actually almost messaged him and said, do you want to come on and talk pop shop? Yeah, we've so been trying to get him on for years. No more excuses. Let's go, Vin. I think we just say we're getting you on. It'll be fine. We can edit the shit out of you. Give him comfort <laughs> in that. So wait, how did he do live? Was he all right? Yeah, he was good. No <laughs> issues. I mean, he was fine. And that's the thing. Like, he's going to have to give us a $10 gift card every week, every episode until he comes on because this <laughs> I'm not buying this anymore. So the next gift card giveaway is going to be from My Plastic Heart. It'll be a $10 gift card. If you want to enter, leave a comment under the, this episode on our Instagram and leave a comment saying tell us what your favorite um, design is from one of the, the platform series we talk about. Either Blankos or Jankies. Tell us what your favorite design was or favorite artist from those series and uh, you'll be entered in a $10 gift card that we'll draw on the next episode.